You are listening to Her Time to Retire, a podcast dedicated to helping women gain the knowledge, confidence, and support they need to achieve financial success and emotional fulfillment when planning for retirement. If you are ready to finally take charge of your financial life, then keep listening. Your hosts are Glenn Price and Jonathan Scott founders of Keystone Financial Resources in Brentwood, Tennessee. Both men specialize in crafting individualized retirement plans for women and have a passion for helping women discover and achieve their retirement goals. Glenn is a husband and father of four who was taught early in life through his relationship with his grandmother how a woman can not only take charge of her own destiny, but also positively influence the lives of her family and friends that surround her. Jonathan, husband and father of three, attributes his own success to the strong women in his life, including his wife Brooke and his mother Suzanne. Both men together want to help more women live out their dreams in retirement. As always, if you have retirement questions, their phone lines are open at 615-661-9554, or you can visit their website to browse information, view upcoming events, or subscribe to the Her Time to Retire weekly newsletter. Just visit www.keystonefinancialresources.com. Now relax and enjoy the conversation. Well, good afternoon. My name is Glenn Price, uh, one of the uh, co-owners of Keystone Financial Resources. I want to welcome you to our podcast today. Uh, and the purpose of this podcast is really to help women learn how to take control of their finances and their destinies. And uh, uh, I'm here today with, with Liz Jenkins. And Liz is a certified professional organizer and owner of A Fresh Space in Nashville, Tennessee. She specializes in helping people in their homes or small businesses get organized so they can be more efficient, organized, and productive. And she's been doing this since 2005. In addition, Liz and her amazing team of organizers provide move management services with decluttering, home styling, and full-service unpacking. Uh, Creating gorgeous spaces that are also amazing, functional, is what AFS is all about. Well, Liz, I want to welcome you to our podcast. And like I was telling you the other day, you know, we're a a full-service financial firm, but Jonathan and I uh, both... Uh, really have an emphasis and and a desire and a passion to help women in their finances. Uh, And and that's driven by, I think I shared with you a little bit about, you know, had my grandmother and Jonathan's mom. And so we have a lot of clients here that are females. Uh, They're either widowed, they're single, they're divorced. And we wanted to do this podcast so that we could bring things to them that weren't always related to financial planning but things in their life that would help them to improve the quality of their life. And so we're excited. We're excited that you agreed to be with us today. And so uh, in our conversation that we had, I think it was earlier this week, we were talking about transitions. Um, Why don't you take just a moment before we jump into that and tell me, tell us a little bit about how you got started and and how you got to about your company and where where you're at today. Well, thank you so much for having me. And it's interesting because as you were talking the bulk of our clients are also women and we have a lot of clients who have also been widowed or divorced or well, like in my case, I'm going to be an empty nester soon. (laughs) We have a lot of people that are moving or just have a lot of things going on in their lives and women tend to be the ones that manage most of it, at least in our experience, not always, but in a lot of families. And so when you have people that are, dealing with so many things coming at them, there can be a bit of overload and overwhelm. And so that's a lot of times where we come in to 
help people move forward and get through those, those things. And sometimes it can be just dealing with the physical stuff. Sometimes it's dealing with the emotional things. So our goal in our company is to really ideally very quickly and efficiently, but also very compassionately help people get through those transitions. So it started out with just me back in 2005 and my daughter was in Montessori school and uh, my husband had a full-time job. And so we were just looking, I was looking for something as we had moved here that I could do part-time. And when I found out that organizing was an actual business and I was like, oh, this is totally made for me because this is <laughs> I'm always the person who organized everything. You know, you want a fundraiser? I can handle that. You need your closet organized? I can do that. So it was a really good fit. And now there's about 15 of us. I've got a, a good sized team. We can manage very large projects, but you know, like last week we did um, a divorced single mom and her teenage daughter in a small condo. And we've done 10,000 square foot homes working with interior designers. And we've done people who have had spouses pass away or have physical handicaps or just have moved and both of them have to go back to work. So all different kinds of people are, the, are a good fit for us when we're able to really see what they have going on, figure out the best way to move them forward, and then we can implement that and really ideally make a big difference in their lives. Well, you know, you mentioned um, um, when a spouse loses a loved one, uh, mm -hmm. you know, just in the last week and a half, um, a dear friend of mine um, suddenly passed away and he was in his uh, late sixties. It was unexpected. And, you know, he's been a um, very successful businessman and he's just got a lot of, you know, two companies and a lot of things going on. And, uh, you know, and I, I just see the, the uh, of course, the grief from his, 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 his wife, his spouse, but now with all the stuff that's left, like, how do you work through that? So, like, what do you guys do? Because I'm, I'm sure you, I heard you mention that, you know, there's, you got the emotional part of that situation, and then mm -hmm. you've got the, just the physical uh, and mental part that goes along with you know, what do I do with all this stuff today? Right? right. So maybe let's talk about that for a minute and kind of what that, that process and how you guys help families navigate that. Well, there's a couple of things and I, I, I was giving this a lot of thought since we talked earlier in the week and a couple of things that I really need people to do prior if possible. Mm -hmm. And one of those things is having people look at their digital life and this, this, one of the things that a lot of people don't think about when, you know, I don't want to think about my own mortality. I'm in my 50s, so is my husband. We have a teenage daughter. And I, I've been thinking about this a lot in terms of, you know, when we pass on, what's going to happen to our Facebook page and all, who's going to be able to access all of our bank accounts and all of that kind of stuff. So one of the things that we do really encourage people at any point when we're working with them from an organizing standpoint is to really think about their digital, their online life, because that's where so much of what we have lives. And one of the things that I see a lot with our clients is it's just kind of this free for all, especially people who aren't super comfortable on the computer, but yet that's where everything lives. So making sure that in some form or fashion, everything is fairly tidy. Like we use an app called LastPass, which is a password saver where you have one complicated password that only you know, but it saves all of your passwords. And then 
most of the digital apps will have some sort of legacy contact. And then there's also sites out there that can manage your digital legacy. So that's one thing that people can really focus on now. It's not that hard. It's just a matter of pulling it together, including making sure that all of any of your documents that you have online are organized in a way. And we really encourage people if they're setting up a digital filing system to make sure that it, it mimics as much as possible their physical filing system, just to make it as consistent as possible. So that's one component that we do talk about. Um, another component is making sure that their papers are in order. And I use the word papers kind of loosely because papers to me can sometimes be a digital document mm -hmm. or a physical document. I'm a big fan of scanning all my documents and then putting them online, like in, in my computer or whatever. But right. the physical documents, a lot of people prefer to have the physical ones. And having all those papers in order, I can't tell you how many clients we go and work with that just have boxes and ba banker's boxes after banker's boxes just full of papers. And some of it's junk mail, some of it's wills and trusts, some of it's their childhood, their kids' papers and grades. So it, it's a matter of going through all of those, ideally ahead of time, it can definitely be done after, but it's really hard once people are trying to move or they, they're they getting divorced or somebody has passed on, dealing with all of those papers afterwards can be very challenging. So a lot of times people who are looking to a transition or they see one coming down the line or at any stage, but papers is a huge part of what we deal with as organizers. A lot of it is, editing through the papers, figuring out what's important to keep, what you can shred, what might be good to scan, all of that. And then pulling that all together, creating those filing systems for them so that it's really easy to find what they need. And then we also encourage people to separate out their papers into more of an archive section. And sometimes it could be a filing cabinet. I'm a big fan of portable file bins because they're so much easier to move around. You can store them in a closet, in an attic, and then you can group them. So maybe you have one bin that's all medical and financial, and you have one bin that's all your household things. And, and you know, you don't need to have your mortgage statements on your desk. Those, there's so many things that can just get put away that you need to keep, but you don't need access to. And then once you've got everything archived, then you can focus on your more active files which are things like your current year's taxes, your vet bills and vet records, your kids' medical records, your uh, anything that you have that's current that you need to access now, your vital documents like your passport and social security cards and things like that. So you've got those two different categories. So papers is a big chunk of it too. And we do a lot of that in estate work as well. And then the big part is what you mentioned, which is the physical stuff. And that's just all the stuff that's in somebody's house that people need to deal with. And so like for your friend, and I'm so sorry to hear about that, your, your friend is probably having to deal with both of the things I just mentioned and all of the things like the clothing. And if she's going to downsize, what's gonna to happen to the furniture or the things in the garage? And those are the kinds of things when we do work with people, especially like before they're gonna move or if we are dealing with an estate is when we come in, the nice thing about having somebody like us come in is that we, we're we not emotionally attached to any of the things that are in there. 
And what we'll do, and this is what people can do themselves too, if they've got family members or their church family or whoever they have that wants to come do it, they don't have to hire somebody. But the process looks like bringing in, we always bring in folding tables and bins to sort into. Just, we just use shoe boxes or cardboard boxes. We use plastic ones, but you can use cardboard or whatever you have, empty boxes with sticky notes on them. And then separating out into the categories of the things that they're fine that we're finding. So when we've done estates where there's nobody there, and then the house is empty, the people are gone, and the heirs are waiting, but they're confronted with this whole house full of stuff, we'll just lay everything out, go through every drawer, every handbag, every pocket, every cabinet. People put things in all kinds of strange places. <laughs> and so you never know what's gonna be there. And so we're really looking for the things that have that are really important in terms of memory uh you know things like jewelry things like le handwritten letters things like uh you know money and checks and things that were important to the family family pieces and then once it's all laid out then it's a little easier for people to make the decisions about who's getting what and what goes where and there are apps that people use there's one called fair split F-A-I-R-S-P-L-I-T. And a lot of estate professionals or organizers use that. It's a way that, that things can be divided among family and then everybody can see it and all the information goes in there. We've also used an app called Airtable, which is an app that we use it a lot when we do inventories for people who are moving or doing renovations so we can identify what's where. And then you can just move things from page to page and you can see everything that's in there with a photo and a description. That's going a little bit more intense than a lot of people need. But just in terms of dealing with things in transition, we have found that when people have less stuff and they really know what they have and where it is, the amount of stress and pressure and anxiety it takes off of people is immense. Is immense. I was talking. I was talking to a. Uh... Uh, a friend of mine this morning, and uh, we were just talking about, you know, the, when you simplify your life, uh, absolutely, the, the freedom that that comes from that. And I just, I think people don't realize uh, how much weight they're actually carrying, mm -hmm. uh, because in the back of their mind, they know that those things are there, and mm -hmm. you know, uh, they've got good intentions. I need to do that, and you know, and you said a couple of words that I, that we say a lot here, and that I, that are dear to my heart, and that's planning and processes. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, that, that planning, it takes time. Uh, you know, not and a lot of folks don't really always know where to start or what to do. Uh, that's where, you know, we're, we're talking about on our side with, with clients, why it's so important to have a plan. You know, when people go into retirement, they don't, you know, if they don't have a plan, it's like, you know, how do you do that? Right. And, uh, I'll say, you know, if you don't know where you're going, you may not like where you end up. And, right. and so the planning process is something that it, it takes time. But when you do that, uh, it, it's like the clients of ours that come on board here. And then once they have a written plan to watch the tension go down, to watch their shoulders drop and to see how they begin to enjoy their retirement. Uh, and so it, it's, it's this, it, it, you know, that planning and having a good process, it applies to uh, what you're talking about here as well, because people, no one likes to think about their spouse passing away, but you know, we will say, look, we plan for the worst and hope for the best. And so the more you can think through that and have a plan, 
the, the, the better it, it, it can be, you know, as far as how that process goes and the amount of stress that you take on during that process. Uh, because losing a loved one in general is stressful enough. So, you know, when, when you do that, um, um, do you have a, a, we talked about a team, uh, you know, how, what is your approach? Like if you're coming on, let's say that you were to walk into my friend that I mentioned and maybe some of those things weren't done ahead of time. Right. But, but now it's like, okay, there's so much, it's so overwhelming. If you were walking into her home, like, where do you start and what does that, what does that look like? So and one point I did want to make going back a little bit was just the whole concept of a cluttered space can lead to a cluttered mind. Mm-hmm. And that, that part of it, when we, when I do go, I always go in and I meet with the client first just to get a full overview of what's the whole scope of the project, what really needs to happen. And then really identifying what are the, what are the things that are urgent mm-hmm. And sometimes that urgency is, oh my gosh, I don't know where X, Y, or Z is, and we can't settle the estate, or we can't do this or that or move forward until we find those things. And it could be um, a title to something, or it's usually usually that's a, a something in a document form. Mm-hmm. And either in a, a, usually it's physical, a physical piece of paper. And so often that's an area that we'll start with first, but that's usually one of my first questions is, what are the things that are urgent in terms of time frame or uh, stress level? And we've had some clients that will come in and, and the number one thing is we need to find these documents, we need to find these papers, we need to find whatever. And, and so that's where we'll start is what are those things that really are important to them in terms of moving their life forward? Not that they need to get over anything or that there's any expectation that, oh, I'm not going to be sad anymore. It's more of how can we help move that process along so that you'll have those documents and those things that you need? Once that's all in play, then we can start looking at the physical items that are in the home. And some people are going to stay and then some people are going to move. So if she, for example, was planning on maybe moving to a smaller place, then we would start working through the items that are in the home and, and just and being very mindful of that. One of the things that we do a lot for people that this has happened to is just create memory boxes for them, maybe pulling out, you know, pieces of clothing or physical items or memorabilia and just really honoring those, getting them boxed up in weathertight totes with labels that that way she'll know that everything that is important to her that was the spouse's is safe and labeled and tidy. And then we can then address the potential moving process. If she's going to downsize, what do we do with all the things that are in the home and going through everything, helping her get rid of things that she doesn't want anymore, um, coordinating, getting it to any of the other family members that may want things. Uh, So when we've done that in terms when there's no people there versus a a surviving spouse, or um, I mean, we've had situations where we've had to do this, where somebody's maybe had a child pass away. And that is honestly the worst. Um, you know, I, I've, I've personally worked with clients like that and then come home and cried in the shower and it's extremely difficult because we take on a lot of the emotions. We've been cried on a lot. It's, 
it's hard. It's a very difficult process, but everyone that's on my team is very empathetic, very hardworking, very compassionate. Um, but it, it is very difficult. And we can take it as slow or as quickly as somebody wants. We've done things, normally we work a whole day, but sometimes people can only do a few hours at most, and then they're, they're just done mentally. So a lot of it is looking at what's urgent, what kind of time frame are we working on, and what are the things that are the biggest stress for that particular client? We've had some clients that are like, I need all of the clothes to be gone. I need everything out right now. And then we've had some clients that are like, I don't even want to touch that. I don't want to touch any of their clothes. Everything needs to stay there. I'm not ready to deal with that. So it's, a, it's individualized for each person, but we really do look at, you know, that, that grid where urgent, important, important, non-urgent, we, we, mm-hmm. we approach right. it in that way because we want to make sure that we can help them in the way that moves things forward, but at a pace that works for them. Mm-hmm, for sure. So being there as a resource. And our team includes, uh, we bring in people from other places. We might bring in movers and packers. We might bring in cleaners. We might bring in um, our person on our team that sells things for people. We might bring in an appraiser. We might bring in, you know, just different people that we've worked with that they may need and then help coordinate those aspects. Like we have a handyman on our team. So he'll come in and if they need to sell the house, he'll come in and fix things and maybe paint some things. So whatever they need, we try to be a resource to help that. And we try to get everything in writing so that they have a plan and they know who's coming and what needs to happen in the time frame. And we can do as much of it or as little of it as they need. But that's that's what somebody who's in this position needs is one who can really pull that all together, just like like you guys do with the finances is you're pulling it all together. You're creating a a plan with a timeline and here's what needs to happen when same thing in this situation, a plan, a timeline, what needs to happen when and who's going to do it. And then sometimes we're if, if some people are really they're like, oh, I can handle that. Great. Here you go. Here's what needs to happen. And some people are like, I can't do anything. We can step in and help with those parts that we that we do on our end. But it, it's a process. Well, one of the things that I um, uh, really liked uh, what you said in our conversation earlier this week is, you know, when you were talking about the team, mm-hmm. um, the time you take to make sure that your your team is uh, that that they're trained. Uh, I'm sure you do background checks you know, all of that stuff. Talk about what you do in terms of, you know, because in that situation, whether whether you're a single, you're single now because, you know, of a death or of a divorce, you know, a lot of women feel vulnerable. We'll have women, you know, come in here after, you know, e- either one of those situations are going on and uh, uh, we get a lot of referrals and, and, and they're just, they're scared, you know, they're timid, you know, can I trust you? Who's, who's, who's coming into my home, you know, because now that's like, you know, letting a stranger in my home. Uh, so talk about what you do there to make sure your people are qualified, trained, and that the customer feels safe and secure about who's in their home. And keep in mind, I can only speak for my own company, but that's extremely important to me. Um, as I said, I've been doing this since 2005. And when we bring people onto the company. A lot of my team has been with me a very long time, seven, eight years. Um, everybody on the team has been background checked. Everybody takes uh, classes through the National Association. We do um, 
a class on ethics. We do a lot of training on ethics. We actually have a company policy. We don't accept gifts. We don't accept tips. We don't accept your stuff. Uh, our handyman went to a job and the client kept trying to give him this chest and he's like, we don't take things. Because <laughs> like, no, it's an ethical slippery slope. And that's one thing I have seen in house cleaning companies or people who maybe don't recognize that that's a concern. But, you know, I've had clients that are like, do we tip them? I'm like, absolutely not. We're a professional service. Um, if you, the example that I give to my team is if I'm working in, in a client's closet and we happen to be the same size and I really like her clothes, well, unconsciously, I might encourage her to get rid of something that I like and then, oh, well, if she's getting rid of it, I guess I, I could have that. Well, and you may not realize it, but there is definitely a concern. And so this is something that we talk about a lot in the company about, you know, we, we when we donate things, we document, photo document every single thing that's being donated. And then we donate it and then we have the receipt and we send them the photos and the receipt. Every single thing that gets sold gets photo documented. Here's the person who's selling it. Here's all the contractual agreement. We don't get in the middle of the money. It, it all goes in, in that level. So when we bring people on, even when we're training, we do about a three-month intro where we make sure that they're a good fit for the team. Um, even my independent contractors, they have to sign a confidentiality agreement. If you'll notice, even on our Instagram, we never talk about who our clients are. We don't put anything that's identifying, unless the client has specifically said, you need to tag me. <laughs> but otherwise... We're very confidential. We don't talk about our clients to anyone. We've literally been at people's homes and had neighbors come by and ask us questions. And we don't, unless the client wants to talk about what's happening, we've actually worked with family members who didn't know we were working with each other or best friends who didn't even know that we were working with them until they like happened to be together and they'd mention it. And they're like, oh, well, we're working with them. How come I didn't know that? Because we don't talk about our clients. We'll go in and see pictures. And I'm like, I know who those people are or, a mother and a daughter and we just don't we don't say anything so we we make a very very concerted effort to make sure that we are ethical that we are honest it's extremely important to me um it, in fact it's it's one of the core principles in our company is that level of of trust and you know we talk about it all the time in the team that's one of my number one uh issues that i have and we've had experiences with people in other companies who have, I know that they, they take things and I don't, I don't want to say that, oh, you're a terrible person, but I recognize the issues that can arise from that. There is a line there between professionalism and stepping too far into that friendship zone, which is a little bit of a different world. And so we have to really walk that line carefully because we're there to help the client. We're not there to take advantage of the client. Exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, we here at Keystone believe in the team approach. Uh, you know, we have a great team of people here and what, you know, there were, there was many years that, you know, people would come in and they'd say, Hey, I need, you know, I need a good estate planning attorney. And we would, you know, we would maybe give some referrals and, and send them out and, but we never really knew what happened or we may get, we've had calls back and, you know, Hey, this guy charged me, you know, way over mm -hmm. what he should have charged me and, I, and they're, and they're unsatisfied. So that's when, you know, Jonathan and I said, you know what, we, we want to have a team of people that we know 
that uh, that share the same core values that we share. Uh, I want to be able to break bread with that person uh, mm-hmm. and know who they are, uh, and you know have those same people or the same people that are preparing my estate planning. Uh, and so I get to experience that piece and know exactly how they do things uh, so that when, when I recommend someone, uh, number one, I know that they're getting the best service possible, um, but they're also, you know, they're not paying too much and in, in, in they're not getting gouged in any way. And right. that everything is done and it's done right. And that way, you know, when, when like for us, when, when a plan is, is done, on the initial front end, now it's just the beginning of monitoring that plan, but as we're building and constructing that plan, we want to know that all the pieces are, are stable and each person uh, is going to be able to be counted on. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, with Jonathan and I had a client who's, they had a son over in, uh, in Iraq, and there was a terrible accident, and, and he nearly died. Mm-hmm. He made it home. And so we had an opportunity to sit down with him. And, uh, uh, and what happened is when we were talking, we said, tell us what happened. He said, well, he said, my job was to get up every day and go out and do a surveillance of, of where we were going and make sure that everything was safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I come back and report uh, to, you know, to, to the platoon and to, 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 to our team. And so this particular morning, he said, the only thing that was different is he said, I put a little scripture in my helmet. And when I went out, I walked about 30 yards and I was scanning and I took a step and I heard a click and I knew that it wasn't good. And he said, the next thing I remember, I woke up and I'm in a hospital, but they said it blew my right, my right ear completely off my head. Now at that point, you know, Jonathan and I are with him and, and his ear was intact. And we're like, wait a minute, you know, what, stop for a second. What, tell us about that. I mean, your ear is intact. He said, yes. He said, one of the team members, you know, they found my ear, they taped it to my chest and then they, you know, when they sent me back to, to, to Germany for surgery, they were able to put it back on, and I have 100% hearing today. And we're like, wait a minute, how in the world would a team member know to go looking under a bush when, when there's landmines, you know, to, to find your ear? And he looked at us like we were, he could, like a cow looking at a new gate, as we say here in the South. You know, he said, we're trained for that. That's what we're trained to do. We train our whole lives for that moment. So when there's a crisis, we know exactly what to do and when to do it and how to do it. And, and I know that, that that really changed the whole culture of our company because we came back and, and said to our team, we said, look, this is who we are to our clients. And, and, and we're a team of people that they've, that they've hired to help them through. And when there's a crisis, we're going to know what to do when to do it and how to do it. And so it's like, even with you, I mean, you've got, I love the fact that you take the time to put in to train, uh, you know, the people who you're working with and you know, the kind of job that they're going to do because you've taught them what to do and how to do it. And they'll know what to do because that's a crisis for that individual, you know, in their home, you know, if they've lost a spouse or they've gone through a divorce. And like you said, there's a lot of emotion there. So every, every single one of our clients has that level of anxiety about their situation. And it's funny because I've had clients that are like, Oh my gosh, it's out of control. It's horrible. And I walk in and there's like a couple of cluttered cabinets and a few things on the counter. And, but, but that to them is super stressful. And I've had some clients that you can barely have a path that you can walk through. And that to them is kind of stressful, but not as bad. So everybody has a different level of tolerance. 
but I love that you're talking about company culture because that to me is, is so important. And that's actually why I don't hire people right away now. I used to, like when I first started, I'd be like, oh, want to come work for my company? And now I'm like, yeah, we're going to give you three months and see how you fit with the company because my core team has a, a definite culture. And we know how everybody is and how they work. Not that everybody's perfect, but everybody has a, there's a, a commonality mm. that I, that I look for and that we've cultivated. And I didn't even realize that we had created this culture. And I was talking we were having a team meeting and somebody had brought up this concept and I said, well, I don't really feel like I've done. They're like, no, we really have, but it's us that have created it. So when people come in you can kind of tell pretty quickly, are they going to fit that culture? And it's a culture of, and I bring it up right at the beginning. We don't talk about our teammates in a negative fashion behind their backs. There is no gossiping. There is no negative talk. We don't say anything negative about our clients. We will never, I mean, I will smack somebody down, not literally, but <laughs> criticize, like if they're like, if, if they act critical about a client, not our clients are, are stressed. Sometimes they can snap. Sometimes they can act angry. Sometimes they can be sad. But our approach is, and this is how everyone has to be. Our approach is we are here to help. And if if sometimes you might get frustrated or angry, that's part of, of dealing with that. Understanding that it's not us. It's the circumstances. And our job is to help people work through that. And so when I look at that culture, which I'm hearing you say so much, which is so important to us as well, is who are those people that we're letting into our lives and how are they going to help make my life better? We're not there to be a stress for them. We're there to make their lives better as you are as well in your company. And so when we talk to people, it's not, I'm not about how much money can I make in my company working for you? I'm more about what can we do on our end. And, and if we're not the right people, then who are those right people? I just referred a job yesterday to Sarah, actually, that you had on recently, because it was somebody who had a, a, a person in their family with um, some ADD and some other issues, and they needed really one-on-one -on -one more coaching. And for me, that's not necessarily what we do. And I, could I have taken the job? Probably. Would it have been uh, would we have been doing the best service for that client? Probably not. And so it was more of a client that was a better fit for her. Uh, and sometimes we bring in other people that are better fits just depending on what their needs are. So I, I look at it as, I mean, we don't really even do that much marketing. I mean, we're on Instagram and Facebook and things like that, but most of ours is word of mouth. It's people that refer us. I can count some of our clients back six or seven I call them generations, <laughs> but you know, you can look and then this person came from that person and that person came from this person. I suspect you guys are probably very similar to that, to us in that way. Yes. Very similar. And you know, I, I, um, it's, I'm just sitting here thinking that, you know, while we're in, we're in different businesses, we're, we're really not, we're in the business to, to serve people and to help them. We just happen to work specifically with their, with their finances and you help them you know, organize their life and, and, and declutter and, and transition. Uh, but what's so important um, is like what I love about what you're saying is just, you know, making sure that that everybody that steps into uh, as far as a team member of yours that steps into a home, 
that there's a consistency there. Uh, that you know, if they were to meet you, you know, the owner and 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 the you know, you're passionate about what you do. Uh, you know, they're gonna they're gonna get a certain feeling. And, and and the same with Jonathan and I, if we're out doing an event, you know, and they meet us and they see the passion that, that, that motivates us to do what we do. You know, I think about my grandmother, I've got a, I've got a picture of, of the barn. Uh, I usually have the clients set across the table and behind them is a picture of that barn and where I grew up and my grandfather passed away at an early, you know, before his time. And it wasn't expected, and it changed our whole family. Uh, and so that, that had a big influence on me in terms of why I do what I do today because I watched my grandmother struggle. Uh, I watched everything change for her. I watched this woman who was so confident uh, and certain of everything. I mean, I thought she was made of steel, but she had a hands as tender and a heart as tender as, as anybody I ever met. But I watched that, that change because she wasn't prepared she hadn't done the planning for it, for that for that you know incident. She wasn't expecting to lose Paul when she lost Paul, and so I see that picture, and it's a reminder for me of of why I do what I do because it had such a big influence on me and, and me choosing to go into this field. And uh, and when I'm sitting across the table from uh, a lady that's maybe she's lost a spouse or she's gone through a divorce, you know, it's like I see that, and it reminds me of Nana. And it reminds me of why I do what I do and making sure that, you know, that they're prepared and they're getting the very best. And I want once they leave, you know, my office and now they're working with customer service, somebody on our team here. I want them to feel that same passion, that same warmth, that same level of care, you know, that same value that they feel when they're sitting across the table from me. And so uh, I love I mean, I, I, you know, I love that piece. And in fact, you know, I would love for you to be a part of our team, meaning that, hey, if I've got clients that that are making these transitions and I want I want to know that they're working with with Liz Jenkins in your company, because after, you know, just talking with you and spending time with you, I know the level of care that they're going to get. It's going to be consistent with what I try to provide them when they're here. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, 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 you know, like I said, we're not perfect. Um, we have definitely had situations that haven't gone the way we want them to go. And we just do the best that we can to make it right for anybody. But I would say that 99% of our clients are extremely happy. And we, we take a lot of pride in that. Um, but we're always looking at to how to improve. That's, that's one of the things I think my team is really good at. And myself is, you know, every job that we did, that we do, when we're done, we go back and we look at it and say, all right, what went well, what didn't go well? And, you know, every single job, most of the time, everything goes really great, but then we can look and say, oh, here's something that we could streamline. Or one of the things we started doing recently is we do a lot of like pantries and uh, we do a lot of unpacks for clients that are moving and getting them all set up. And so we've started offering um, custom vinyl labels for clients and that's our little parting. So one of my team makes them and goes and no charge to the client and we go and apply them. And, and I can't tell you how many clients we've made so happy with that because if you go to buy those labels, they're like $3 a piece. If you just go buy them and they're not that easy to, uh, to apply. And one of our team members, she's become our cricket queen. <laughs> we have a, it's called a cricket. What makes labels? And she's become our cricket queen and she goes and installs the labels for everybody. But 
it, it's one of those things that yes, does it cost me a little, but the look on people's faces when we do it and they're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I never thought I'd have anything that would look like that. Or, you know, when we, we get through a space that every time somebody texts me, like I had three people yesterday, clients who had texted me and said, oh my gosh, this, everything's great. And I always share that with the team. We use a project management app and I'll go in and I'll screenshot and I'll say, oh, so-and-so is super happy. Here's their feedback. But I think a lot of that is just really um, just looking at how we can always do the best that we can for each person and how can we improve and what can we do better. But I mean, honestly, after 15 years, I still get super excited every time I get a prospective new client and I can go see how we can help them and what we can do. And I try to make sure that my team has that same level of enthusiasm. And um, yeah, we just, it's a, it's an awesome business to be in. Well, ladies out, if you're out there listening, uh, for those of you that are listening, um, you know, if you've, if, if you've found yourself in a place where you're overwhelmed, you know, maybe you've gone through a divorce, uh, maybe you're a single mom and you're working from home and you're trying to figure out what do I do? How do I manage the chaos with this? Uh, or, uh, even if you've got parents, I know that you and I talked about that Liz the mm-hmm. other day, but if you've got parents that, uh, you know, that you're going to have to be responsible to take over that if something happens to them, um, uh, Liz Jenkins and her company, A Fresh Start, is certainly a company that uh, that, that you're going to want to reach out to and, and talk to. Um, Liz, you're, uh, the best way to get in touch with you, if our, if our listeners are saying, hey, you know, everything that you're saying, I need help with right now, how would they go about uh, finding you, engaging your, your team? Uh, tell us a little about that before we, before we sign off here. Um, they can just go to the website, which is afreshspace.com, the letter A, the word fresh, F-R-E-S-H, and the word space, S-P-A-C-E.com. I realized I had to spell that out when somebody tried to do a fresh and then put a space and it didn't work. Um, we're also on Instagram at a fresh space and we post lots of pretty pictures and a lot of organizing tips. I'm really big on that. And um, we'll just post a picture and then we'll talk about why it worked and what we did. And that is really good. We get a lot of engagement on that. We're also on Facebook and LinkedIn and Pinterest, but Instagram's kind of our main because it's really fun to put nice pictures. And uh, from the website, they can email me or they can message me via Instagram or Facebook. All right. Well, Liz, thank you so much uh, for uh, being on the show today. Uh, I love your heart. I love your passion uh, in what you do. Uh, And so uh, I think the folks that were listening got a lot out of this. And uh, maybe we can have you on our show again because we could have there's more things that we could have talked about. We're just kind of scratching the surface. So I want to thank everyone uh, out there who's been listening. And, and, and again, thanks to you, Liz. I uh, uh, hope you guys have a great day. And as always, uh, you can reach us. If you need to contact us here at Keystone, you can contact, contact us at keystonefinancialresources.com. And I hope you guys have a great day. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Her Time to Retire with Glenn Price and Jonathan Scott. Glenn and Jonathan would love to talk to you and answer any of your retirement questions. All listeners can take advantage of a free 15-minute consultation with Glenn and Jonathan, whether via a phone call, Zoom meeting, or in person. You can schedule your consultation by calling 615-661-9554 or by visiting our website at www.keystonefinancialresources.com. Thanks for listening. 
The opinions expressed by Keystone Financial Resources and guests on this podcast are their own and do not reflect the opinions of this station. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to subject covered. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management LLC or BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Keystone Financial Resources are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents.